Capitalism could not survive in a culture dominated by mysticism and altruism. The world is changing. The age of the consumer is over. Stand up for freedom, no matter what the cost. It can help to save your soul and maybe your country. Do you understand the forces shaping events in the world around you? Do you want to know the answers or just the issues? Do you know the secrets of prosperity economics? Live from Salt Lake City and at FreeCapitalist.com across the nation, you're listening to the free capitalist himself, Rick Kerber. All right, it's time to wake up and turn your brain on. You're listening to Free Capitalist Radio. My name is Rick. I am the Free Capitalist. Glad to have you with us today along for the journey. Going to have a great radio show. Want to start off by sending a shout-out to everybody who contacted us during the show yesterday. I also posted the show on Facebook and got a decent amount of response from some old friends there uh, and some new friends, quite frankly. So for those of you who liked the video, send us a comment, send us a back-channel email, etc. Welcome aboard. And uh, I've had several conversations with uh, folks to, uh, all, all throughout today uh, who have contacted me and asked me a lot of questions, which has caused me to realize that uh, before we go any further, I, I want to spend some time explaining to you where we're going to be going with Free Catalyst Radio. I talked about it a little bit yesterday, but, but let me just slow down and, and get down to kind of the, the fundamentals. In the past, when we did the radio show, when I started the radio show, the primary goal was to get the word out, uh, to help people literally become conscious, to wake up to the choice that they have individually, the choice that each of us have, the choice that you have. If you're listening to the show right now, you have a choice right now. You, matter of fact, you always have a choice um, about what things mean to you. And, and, and boy, I, I could go on uh, about that specific choice because, because so many of us have been trained, taught, and educated not to think about our choices, but to just act based on the false choices placed before us that, that we need more practice. And so the goal originally was to just start spreading the message and, and, and helping people wake up. And we did that. And to a large extent, uh, we were successful. By the time uh, 2010 rolled around, we had over a million listeners just on the web with, with iTunes Radio, iTunes Podcast, and Live365.com. Uh, we stopped doing the show for a while. I'll explain that personal story uh, some other time. But as we move forward, there's a new goal with the radio show and, and or renewed emphasis with the radio show. And that is, I am specifically looking for you. <laughs> yeah, the goal here is, I'm certain, based on the messages I've received uh, over the last several years especially, that there are individuals who are not just talkers but are doers, and who want to be involved in an organized, strategic effort to win, to, to accomplish the victory in this war 
of freedom, this battle in the cause of liberty. And, and, and quite frankly, it should be obvious to any serious person who's experienced at all in the cause of liberty, when you look around and survey the landscape, there are not very many thinkers who are strategizing the ultimate victory. The politicians are everywhere. They are all over the map. There is no cohesive movement in the political sphere whatsoever. And, and it's, by the way, by design. Uh, and, and I say that not out of some vague conspiracy theory. I'm talking about my own personal association and relation uh, with uh, politicians on both sides of the aisle. And the intellectual leaders uh, are also all over the place, uh, generally speaking. And uh, the people in the cause of liberty are, are, are worked up are almost to a frenzy fever pitch sometimes, but accomplishing very little practically. And, and I know that that might be offensive to some of you, but, but let's just be real. The America that we all love and hope for, that free society, that city on the hill, um, is not the America it was even 10 or 20 years ago. We have been getting our hats handed to us. I mean, to be, be frank, we've been getting our butts kicked. And uh, it, at the time that we're the most organized, we're the least effective for, for actually implementing free society. And uh, that's not acceptable to me. And so the purpose of the show now, the renewed purpose of the show, is to, in addition uh, to spreading the message of liberty and the principles of liberty and helping the listeners uh, – practice, if you will, making distinctions, discerning true principles, and then and then learning how to do that and, and spread that themselves and share it with others. We want to find other like-minded people. I want to find people like you uh, so that we can work together. And and the, the freedom movement has been notoriously bad at organization for lots of reasons. And uh, one of the reasons is because we love freedom. And and the collectivists and the statists, they have a, a kind of a cosmic, I- ironic, unfair advantage. They're tribalists. They're collectivists. They like to organize. They like to turn their brain off and turn over leadership to a few. And and so, so quite frankly, that served them well. And and the law of organized effort, as, as uh, those of you who study Napoleon Hill, the law of organized effort has worked against us because we've just been been pathetic at, at how we've organized the infighting and, and the power struggles and, and who's in charge of what. And, and oh, it, it wears you out. I can rehearse the history of any one of the prominent organizations, and it's just, it's just discouraging. But there is an answer. Uh, and, and the good news is, is there is a blueprint that we can follow. And I want to share that with you as we now embark on this new chapter, uh, this next chapter in the Free Capitalist Project and Free Capitalist Radio. And, and, and so today I thought we'd just start off with the basics. I mean, when, when you say, you know, someone uh, texted me uh, after I posted this show on Facebook yesterday, and they said, well, what do you mean skin in the game? What do you mean if someone's willing to put skin in the game? Well, here's what I mean conceptually, and then I'll tell you what I mean practically. Conceptually, what I mean is there are people who like to talk about freedom and talk about restoring the Constitution and re- restoring the Republic, and they like to debate about politics, and then and then they kind of go back to their job, and, and they, they pick up their pickaxe, and they, they hammer away at the rock and or push the rock up the hill or whatever it is that they do for their taskmasters, and they, they live really an, an unhappy life, um, but, but they find some kind of temporary solace or peace or excitement in talking about liberty and and I, I I really quite frankly don't have much energy left for people like that I and I, again I love people and I love uh, the mind of men and I love what men are able to accomplish and, and I, I respect what what men of accomplishment do um, but there's got to be more 
we, we have a real work to do. So I'm looking practically, for by skin of the game, I'm looking practically for people who are willing to change the way they live and enlist themselves in a very real battle for liberty. And uh, I have spent now the last four years refining and redefining a battle plan that I think, uh, um, quite frankly, uh, is um, the only hope for, 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 for the real victory um, that I envision. <laughs> I, I know that sounds bold. I understand. I've spent four years going over and saying, this is crazy. <laughs> really? And, um, but, but the truth of the matter is, You've got to have some skin in the game. You've got to be willing to change your life and implement these principles that you say you believe because, and here's a key, you cannot save the republic through government. You can only save the republic through individuals who are organized into families and that those families are, are the foundation or seat of government and, and ultimately uh, through self-government of the individual, through family government of, of society, and through community government based or founded upon those successful family republics. That's the only way to build a free society. And, and we've tried a, a million substitutes. And the socialists and the statists and the Marxists have proved to us the consequence of all those substitutes. It leads to a bunch of freedom fighters pushing the, and liberty lovers pushing the socialist status train forward with their enemies while they're bantering back and forth, arguing, if they will. It's like a chain gang. Everybody's hauling the pickaxe or, or swinging the pickaxe, but the guy next to you is complaining that he shouldn't have to do it. Um, but, but everybody's still digging the pit. And uh, I'm done digging the pit. And I'm looking for people who are done digging the pit. And I'm looking for people who are serious enough that, that they – don't just want to, you know, run for office or be a delegate or, or you know, you know, it's just to be real, real. It's just so disappointing when someone starts to get their flame lit uh, and they feel this spirit of liberty. How they've been trained, taught, and educated to think. Therefore, that means abandon your loved ones, abandon your home, and and go run for office. Or go work for somebody who runs for office. Do you not? I, if you have eyes to see, what you can see the trap is you're still fueled with the poison that says the way to change the world is through the government, which is the the evil of Marxism, actually. And 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 the first thing you've got to do is not go run for office, and it's not go help get somebody else elected for office. It's to work on the proper role of government. And there's three stages. There's self-government, there's family government, and there's community government. And you cannot go after community government until you personally have family government ordered properly. It will, it will canker your soul and you will corrupt yourself and those around you. And you cannot have a properly organized family government until you've committed yourself and begun to go down the path of proper self-government. And uh, if you took my assignment from yesterday and looked up the, the w- meaning of the word, you, you go back to the 1828 uh, dictionary definition of government, and you, you should have seen some change. You see, that the modern definition has it exactly upside down. The modern definition starts with the statism and political definition of government as a noun, uh, as an institution. And, and we all know that government can be a verb, how you govern yourself. But even 
government as a noun back in the previous generation, uh, back in the 1800s, meant something much more relevant to, to, to where we're at now in the freedom movement. In other words, if you have the virus, a little bit or a lot, if you have the sickness, and, and you probably do <laughs> because you've probably been trained on educated and, and, and you know, you're seeing through a glass darkly now struggling to see freedom even while you're sick. But, but the first stage of the cure is to latch on to the basic uh, truth here of what it means to be an individual and, and what the responsibility of an individual is in a free society. And you can do that by just the, the initial study of the term government. If you go back to the older definition of the term government, I'm just going to read here. I've got a, a clipping up in front of me from um, – this, uh, this actually isn't the 1828. This is a, a little bit later, about 10 years later. But uh, the, the first definition of government is announced as direction, regulation, rule, or guidance as of one's own action. Or in other words, the first – element of government is self-government. The number two uh, definition says control, restraint, uh, as of temper or feelings, again, self-government. Number three, the exercise of authority, direction, and restraint exercised over the actions of men. Now that's interesting because the next definition says the exercise of authority by a parent or householder. Now think about that for a second. Okay, I got a commercial break coming up, but we're going to pick up right where we left off there. But just think about that for a minute. The definition of government over 100 years ago says the system, or excuse me, the exercise of authority by a parent or a householder. Now just think about that for a minute. We'll be back. You're listening to Free Capitalist Radio. I'm the Free Capitalist. Stay with us. All right, we're back. Um, we were in the middle of discussing uh, this this first dose, if you will, of a cure in terms of understanding uh, your role as an individual, my role, each of us understanding our role as individuals. And, and looking at this definition of government, one of the things that fascinated me as part of my study over the last several years to kind of refine my approach to liberty and my involvement in the cause of liberty is I started to understand the difference between family and family government. And, and what's the difference between an institution and what's the difference between the concept behind the institution? Or in other words, well, let me not go there yet. Let's go back to the definition. The exercise of authority by a parent or householder. Then number five is the system of policy in a state, that form of fundamental rules and principles by which a nation or a state is governed. That's the fifth definition. But if you were to ask your average you know, person today, what is the definition of government? The very first thing they think of is that organization of government that carries the guns, whether it's the state or the nation. And 
you know, that's a new invention. That's a corruption. That's a philosophical corruption of this idea because the individual has delegated his own quest for discipline and self-mastery to the government. And he has also delegated his involvement in his family to the government. Now, I'm going to tread on some kind of, you know, sacred ground here. And uh, I'm going to rattle a few cages, I'm sure. But, you know, in America, one of the hot-button issues right now is the government's role in defining family. And this just shows you the, the futility of this false dichotomy between so-called conservatives and so-called liberals. On one hand, you've got so-called liberals saying that the, the state should, by right and justice and fairness, recognize the marriages of same-gender or same-sex couples, okay, gay marriage. And on the other side, you have a large segment of the conservative population saying that the state should restrict the definition of family and marriage to opposite-sex or heterosexual couples. Lost in this conversation for most people is any discussion as to why the people with the guns are the ones we are turning to to answer this question. Now, that's not a rhetorical question either. There are those who are on a mission, who I would call the enemies of liberty, who have a very specific reason they want the government involved in this debate. Okay? And then the reason they want the government to solve uh, this, this dilemma, so, this so-called dilemma. Most of the people who follow either of those political philosophies, or, or th they might not even know what the real agenda is here. Um, but, but just think about this for a minute. The First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States resolved this matter a long time ago. And, and yet we as a people haven't used it. Uh, to resolve the matter for ourselves. Instead, what we want is we have been trained on educated, especially in this generation, to constantly return to the trough of government to solve all of our problems, our personal problems, our family problems, our community problems, our state problems, all of our problems. But, but go to the First Amendment for a minute. And, and I, I know most of you <laughs> are at least familiar with the fact that there is a First Amendment. And I know even more than that, most of you probably know that the First Amendment has something to do with the freedom of the press or freedom of speech and that kind of thing, right? But, but let's just go a little deeper. Not much. It's not a long one, okay? But let's just, and it's just the first one, okay? But, but the text of the amendment is important. It says, Congress, meaning the federal government, shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, comma, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, semicolon, or abridging the freedom of speech, comma, or of the press, semicolon, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble, comma, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Okay? Now, I want you to think about what that means for a minute. What is, this? first of all, we don't talk about the, the end tale of that very much, right? The right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. So we don't think about that very much, but, but today's as good a day as any to start thinking about it. Now, we have a disadvantage, which is we've been trained, taught, and educated for so many generations uh, to think the way socialists, collectivists, statists think, that, that this is going to be a little bit of a shock to you. But, but that First Amendment, um, protecting, commanding basically the Congress to protect certain rights – 
that individually we are endowed with uh, from our Creator. Uh, this right of the people to peaceably assemble. What does that mean? Most people think that means political assembly. You know, let's have a, a convention hall and let's get all the Republicans together. Or let's get all the Democrats together or the Constitutional Party candidates, the Libertarians together and let's assemble. See, it, and that's true. It does encompass that. You know, it's like saying a centipede has one leg. Um, yeah, that's true. A centipede does have one leg, but there's much more to a centipede than one leg. It's true to say that this right to assemble um, has to do with political assembly, but there's much more to it. You see, the fundamental institutions of free society, the basic institutions of free society, all have to do with free men and women choosing how they associate together. And that very first, the very f most fundamental choice of association is who they associate with as in order to form a family unit. The, f the very first freedom to assemble, to group together, is to form a family. Now you think, oh, oh, Rick, you're exaggerating. You're making that up. I know that sounds new to you, but but listen, you've heard, for example, your whole life that that in America, you know, in the United States, uh, we we have the freedom to assemble, uh, or we have the freedom of association, right? But freedom of association is the common phrase that's an outgrowth of the Supreme Court decisions interpreting this specific clause of the uh, First Amendment. Now, I don't want to bore you. I'm not, I'm not trying to put you to sleep here with constitutional law discussion. What I'm trying to tell you is, you were born free to choose by right who you would associate with and when you would associate with them. And this includes your choice of how to form a family. But... But what's happened is you've been trained, taught, and educated that you need permission from the government to do everything. And so we've got problems with we don't like how families are being formed or destroyed. So we want to go to the guys with the guns, with the guys with the government. We want to fix society, right? Marx's approach, let the people, right, take control. And we're going to pass by edict, you know, what, what should be. But what you don't understand is <coughs> wherever you're at on that side of the equation, as soon as you ask the government to do it, what you're saying is you're abdicating your freedom to do it. Now, there's also religious rights related to the formation of family and other things because to many people, to the majority of people, it's also a religious affair. But again, the government's not supposed to be involved in telling you how to form your religious rights and your religious worships, etc. So, so just at the very basic level, we don't understand government, and we turn to its most abstract, distant form, the federal government, to solve all of our problems. But in reality, the way to reclaim our republic and the way to save the principles of our founding and, and to usher forth the completion of the American Revolution is to start with a proper understanding that government begins with you and self, your self-government. The direction, regulation, rule, or guidance of one's own actions. America and the cause of liberty is based on that fundamental value of self-government. Then the second part of that is you're free to therefore choose who you associate with and who you make society with. And that, at its most fundamental basic level, the first institution of society is a family. So the second element of government is family government. 
the third element of government is the community. When multiple families uh, work together, they delegate the use of force to a government, whether it's a city council, county council, uh, um, a state government. The point here is if you corrupt the individual government, if you destroy the institution of family government, then there's nothing left except for community government. And then you hollow out the smaller forms of that community government so that everyone is turning to the highest form of government, which gives the most power to the people who have influence with those who make the decisions for the highest form of government. Now, we're not going to go further into that, but that gives you plenty to study and think about. Now, you want to talk about, again, where I started today, what is it that we're doing here on Free Capitalist Radio. Well, the first thing we're doing is we're looking for people who love liberty. The second thing we're doing is we're looking for people who love liberty, who want to have some skin in the game, who want to help fight and win this war. And in order to do that, they've got to be willing to act. Well, what actions do they need to be willing to take? (coughs) At a basic level, in order to fight for freedom and in order to do it effectively, we can't kid ourselves and think we're going to win this battle or win the war by electing others to do it for us. Matter of fact, we've got to even get beyond the thinking that, that, that it's even winnable in those larger institutions if the you know lower-level supporting institutions have been destroyed. And let me just tell you, the institution of family is non-existent. Most of you within the sound of my voice don't even know what I mean when I say the institution of family. Because family to you is just a concept. Family to you is just who you call your your brothers, your sisters, your parents, your grandparents, and, and maybe close friends, right? And, 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 and even in a home, we don't even know what the family institution in a home means. And, but an institution is the concrete of the concept, the concrete form of the abstract concept. So, for example, I can talk to you about a car or an automobile in the abstract, but you can't drive it to work, okay? So so when, when, when these libertarians and conservatives and freedom-loving people who all want to save the Constitution get together and they want to debate about freedom and changing government, they're always in these abstract conversations talking about what the family needs and what the county needs and what the community needs and what the people need. But that's all like talking about, you know, theoretically, what kind of new Lamborghini we want, right? Whether it's going to be yellow or green. And it's a highly elevated form of childhood fairy tale and fantasy living, right? You know, just grown-ups pretending like it's more serious. You know, it's like, you know, the practical versions of fantasy role-playing, Dungeons and Dragons or World of Warcraft, just, you know, being done on the taxpayer's dime. Everybody's sitting around talking about abstractly this car or, you know, this, 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 this idea, but you can't get into it and drive it to work, right? And so then the socialists come to town and say, aha, here's a Volkswagen. And we all say, but I don't want to drive in a Volkswagen. I, I, don't, I don't want a Volkswagen. But, but, but I want a Lamborghini. And, and we, we all hop in the Volkswagen on our way to work, you see, while we continue the debate about what our Lamborghini should look like. Well, uh, in other words, we all talk about how a free society should be structured and, and, and the principles of liberty should be implemented. But in our own homes, we haven't built the institution of family. And I've, I, I've got, you know, I, I can't, I have countless friends in the liberty movement whose families are a wreck, right? And, 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 and it's not your fault, I know. Um, you've been trained, taught, and educated to go fight for liberty out on the battlefield and to leave your family and abandon them while the, you know, the wolves come in and take what they want. 
in so many forms. My friends, if we're going to save this idea of liberty and, and, and then take it a step further and usher in concretely free society, we got to grow up and quit playing fantasy you know, football, fantasy politics, fantasy civil engineering, fa- fantasy social engineering. We got to get real. And, and the first step of getting real is starting with you and a personal commitment individually to learn the principles of prosperity and make a pledge. Pledge yourself to live by them every day. Okay, That's the first thing I mean by skin in the game. Because if you're not committed to the principles of self-government, you're of no use to the real concrete movement. Yeah, you can go to the Ron Paul rallies. You can go to the, to the you know, Eagles Forum meeting, to the Republican Women's Association, or the, you, know, you can go to the Republican caucus, or you can be a good Democrat, right? And go, you can be a civil rights lawyer you know, and fight for the concept of freedom. And I understand it, and you're, you're still my friend. We're still friends, and I support you. I mean, I play World of Warcraft once in a while, too. But you're just not going to be helping us as we institute the concrete work of winning this war. Because the concrete work of winning this war requires that you personally commit to living by the principles of liberty. You become the first form of our free republic. Then you choose a spouse and a family and you choose to organize yourself. And if you already have a spouse or a family, you work with your, your family to organize yourselves with each individual making that same pledge, teaching your children from the time they're young. And if they're old, you've got a lot of catching up to do. I know, because my oldest is 19. And you've got to take these same principles and pledge your family and build an institution of family based on these principles. And that is no abstract fantasy game. And and I'm here to help you do it. I'm doing it. I'm working on it. And, and you don't have to do it perfectly, right? Nobody's going to do it perfectly. But it's the principles and your commitment to the principles that refine you and that refine your family and that create real unity with other families who are trying to do the same thing. And you don't need any master to tell you what your family looks like but you, you do need some help to get out of this matrix, to get out of this poison uh, where you've been trained, taught, and educated with such bad ideas that you've neglected building an institution of family. And some of you have done better than others. Some of you have instinctively felt like you needed to do it, and you've done a better job than others. But, but I've, I've yet to see, and I'm 40 years old, in my 40 years, I've yet to see more than a half a dozen people who even consciously are aware that they're trying to build an institution Okay? Most people are simply trying to, to harmonize the conceptual thing that they call family. Can't we all just get along, try to make Johnny behave, try to get Sally off to school, and, and you know, oh boy, now i got to go take a nap. Okay? And that's not building the institution of family. And it's because there's no institutions of family that the government gets away with tyranny at all other levels. And it's because there are no institutions of family, the freedom movement has, has failed. Because while we've been kidding ourselves going off to battle, we've left our homes unattended and they're hollowed out. And, and I just give you, you can do this practically or you can do a thought experiment with me. I want you to imagine you're looking at Google Earth, okay, and you type in your address. Okay, and you, you've probably done this, you know, and it zooms in. If you haven't, I suggest you do it. And it zooms down 
right? And you see where you live, your country, right? And then your state. And it zooms down, zooms down. You see the area. You sort of see the mountains and the streams, if there are any, and the other <coughs> geological formations around you. And you start to recognize the okay, and it's getting closer and closer. And it gets into your city or wherever, you know, your area. And then it gets to your neighborhood, right? And it zooms in even more, zooms in even more. And then you ultimately see this satellite photograph of your home, okay? Now, you can go to the Google Street View, and you can even see in most places the picture of your house. Whoa, genius. Okay, But I want you to imagine in your mind now, just zoom back out, and just take a survey of, of a few square miles around your home. And look, look at those homes, those, the maps of, of these homes. And I want you to just look and imagine how many institutions of good government, family government, are established in those homes. Which one of those, pretend I'm going to put a tack on which one of those homes are these people. I'm not talking good people. There are lots of good people in this world. Thank, thank God most people are striving to be good people. Um, to, to, with different levels of commitment, of course. But, but I'm not talking about good people. I'm not talking about good families in the sense that you like them or they have good goals or good values. That's all a given. I understand. I'm talking about families who are committed to building an institution in their home. And I know you probably don't even still understand what that means, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more after this next break. But, but if in your small little window there, those homes, I want you to imagine two scenarios. I want you to the current scenario where none of those homes or, or, or maybe only one or two of those homes have anything close to the institution of family. How easy is it for a tyrant to just sweep them up? Whether it's through political frenzy, some crisis, real or manufactured, uh, through through just uh, the exigent circumstances of life, where where people have needs and, and they need the kids to go to school and they need a job and they need they need things from the government, and so so that whole area is just literally, you know, powerless against tyranny and collectivism and tribalism. But then I want you to imagine differently if every one of those homes in your neighborhood were led by an adult man or woman who had organized an institution of family. And inside that institution of family, the institutions of church, state, school, and business, including banks, financial institutions, etc., were established in that home. In other words, you could go into that home, and each home has a plan for their own faith and their own religion. And each home has their own plan for their own administration of justice and rules and government. And there, every home has its own plan for education and school. And every home has its own plan for economics. And if that were the case, do you think those homes would be active in their community? Do you think they would have a credible voice with other members of their community? Compare the two scenarios and you tell me if you were going to build a force to battle, to win in this fight for liberty, which neighborhood would you choose to go to first to try and enlist in your cause? Because that's where we're at, my friends. We've got some work to do. You've got a pledge to make to commit yourself to live by the principles of liberty and then to unite your family around the building of an institution of government in your own family. And we're going to talk about these four things that I just mentioned, the church, the state, the school, and the business in your home when we come back. Got a short commercial break. Uh, Once you be thinking about this, don't you go to sleep while we're gone. Uh, this is a Free Capitalist Radio. We'll be back in just a minute.
I know, I know, I know. It's so much more fun to talk about Obamacare. Uh, it's so much more fun to talk about the IRS scandal. I know, I know, I know. That's the World of Warcraft version of your life. I understand. And I understand it's also a little confusing when you say, what are you talking about building an institution? I have a friend here uh, locally who used to be part of the Free Capitals Project um, um, years ago. And uh, he set out and organized a few of his friends. And uh, they've organized an institution uh, for liberty in our community. And they're doing a good job, uh, I think. Uh, you know, they're young and, and the institution's small. But they've made some inroads and they've done some things. It's interesting. I know several people involved, uh, both both personally and some from a distance professionally. But what's interesting to me is is this idea you, you, that I talked about earlier. Get this this bug for the cause of liberty inside of you, and you say, "All right, I got to build an institution." And so, where do you build it? You go build it, you know, in an office building somewhere outside your home. And, and quite frankly, the chances of it lasting are slim to none. But you're faithful and optimistic and hopeful. And you're convinced you can do a better job than the other people who have gone before you. And you might be able to. And, and while you're doing it, your family doesn't exist as an institution. Your family exists only as this conceptual association of people that, you know, might stick together, might not. You've made some promises to each other. And you work together. And you love each other. But, but you're working harder to build an institution for strangers uh, than you are building an institution for yourself. Uh, I, you know, I, I, it was a rude awakening for me because, because that's where I was at. You know, uh, five years ago, uh, you look at the success that we were having, uh, and you look at, I, I was in most every major city in the United States, personally, with our seminars. Uh, the Free Capitals Project was going gangbusters politically. West of the Mississippi, we were one of the most powerful political forces growing at the time. And, uh, and uh, you know, it takes, it, takes, it takes the real battle, not the fake fantasy Dungeons and Dragons, World of Warcraft, you know, fantasy football battle. But the real, you know, use the analogy of fantasy football. You think they're, you think you're playing football by getting on a computer and clicking your favorite players? Well, put on some shoulder pads and let some, you know, 300-pound dude knock you on your butt once or twice, and then you realize you don't know nothing about really playing football. And that's how it is, my friends, in in the battle for liberty. You can talk about it all you want. Okay, you can get together with your friends, you can get on Facebook, and you can blog about it. But there's a 300-pound linebacker about ready to knock you on your butt, and you don't even see it. And your family is not prepared. Your, your family, and, I, and, I, and even the best of you, and I, I don't mean to discourage you. I mean to warn you. I mean to wake you up. Because I'm waking you up the way I've been uh, awakened. And, and you've got some work to do. We've got some work to do. And, and the good news is, the blueprint's right there. Uh, it's funny. I mean, Jefferson and Adams saw this, and uh, they tried to teach uh, their posterity and their, their political posterity, their personal family, these principles. But um, the concepts were still so fresh, um, and, and, and the, the, they were still kind of punch drunk uh, with this idea of government uh, from, from the top down. And they needed to be because of the revolution that they fought. And thank God for the work that they did. Thank God for the remnants of the work that still protect us to some extent. Thank God for the liberties that we still have protected. Um, they're eroding quickly, uh, but, but, but we're not starting over. Uh, we're not starting from scratch. Uh, far from it. We are standing on the shoulders of giants. But there has been a generation of Americans who dropped the ball, and they've let their homes be hollowed out, and, and they've let their family be, literally become an, an, a conceptual organization now increasingly defined by the state 
and by the courts, which is just sickening. Uh, it's, we don't allow the courts to define our peewee football leagues. We don't allow the courts to define our, 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 our Boy Scouting organizations. We, we, we resist it when the courts tell us, uh, uh, you know, or, or when the legislature tries to get in our business telling us who we can associate with for recreation. But, but, but we're actually marching to the courts to tell them to pass a law against, you know, homosexuals associating together and calling themselves family and, or, or pass a law against um, heterosexuals being the only form of a valid couple. And, and we just, it's just the wrong battle, you guys. It's the wrong battle. Uh, the government has no unique moral authority. And the government has no sanction by right to give you something that you don't have or to take away something from you that you do have. And it's sad to me that the people on both sides of this equation are just marching, you know, following that Pied Piper towards statism right down the road. And I don't care which side of that equation you're on. You better wake up sober reality. I don't care what your family looks like, what gender balance exists in your family, whether you're a single mom or a single dad, or whether you're you're a kid who, who doesn't even have a relationship with your parents, whether you're a same-sex couple, whether you're a polygamous couple, he, wake up. The basic truth is, if you love liberty, you've got to start with self-government. You've got to pledge yourself to live by the principles of liberty. And when you do that, and you act that way, you literally... Open up the opportunity to build relationships with others who have done the same thing. And that changes your life by itself, by the way. And then the second thing is when you then take on the responsibility and don't shirk it like a drunk who hides out at the bar because he doesn't want to deal with the real responsibilities. You don't shirk it, but you go to your home and you rally your spouse and your loved ones and your brothers and your sisters and your children around the cause of liberty, and you invite them to individually pledge to live by the principles, and you start to build an institution of family within the walls of your own home, before you go run for office of mayor, before you go create the new community Second Amendment group, or, and if you've done those things, I'm not insulting you. I, I Thank goodness you're doing those things. But you better put first things first. Because if there's anyone qualified to tell you that the wind will blow and the storms will come, I know a little bit about that. And I know a little bit about the pressures it puts on a family when you've stood up to fight for real. And I know a little bit about some of the costs that come, the, the toll it takes on loved ones and friends and relationships and family. Mind your homes, my friends, and let's, let's build this. The good news is, is it doesn't take long. Within six months, you individually could have a sea change in your education. Within a few years, you can literally be the equivalent of an expert on the principles of liberty. And in the meantime, you could have started to build in your own home the institution of family. And that's what I want to talk about here as we end the show. You can literally take the steps, and within a matter of months, 
Your home can be stronger than it's ever been. Your family can be more protected and more strengthened and have more opportunity than it's ever had. And you can become a more valuable player on this stage in the battle for liberty than you've ever been and in a more real way than you've ever imagined. And happiness and real prosperity and real strength through faith and a real patriotism and a real civic responsibility and a real commitment to education and a real prosperity and and success economically in your home will start to grow as surely as when you plant a seed in the dirt and you add water and sunlight day after day, it starts to sprout and it starts to grow. And at first you have to nurture it. It's not strong and it's not going to bear a lot of fruit, but before you know it, it does not take long. And I'm telling you, um, I've built this organization before we've, we've rallied thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people. And, and I know what we can do in a few short years, we could literally literally accomplish what you've only talked about and dreamed about by following this path. So I'm going to take one more short commercial break, and we're going to talk about what it looks like to build the institutions of liberty and freedom in your home and what that means as you do it for you and for your loved ones and for your community and for your ability to then be a real soldier in this war, in the fight for liberty, and how that is how we solve the IRS problem. That is how we solve the corrupt politicians in Washington problem. But the solution looks much different once you've started down this path. And in the meantime, you've kept taking your medicine to get rid of these bad ideas and to rectify these poison ideas that you've had in your mind. And you retrain and you reteach and re-educate yourself based on the principles of truth. Hey, this is Free Capitalist Radio. Uh, let's take a break. I give you permission to uh, take a rest of your mind. This is a little bit longer commercial break than, than the others. And then uh, we'll be back to finish up. Stay with us. You're listening to Free Capitalist Radio. Radio. We've got just the last segment here. It's a little shorter than usual because the last segment went a little long. But I want to dive right back into the conversation we were having. And, and I want to talk to you about what it looks like to start building the institutions of freedom, uh, really. And, and I've said the first step is to pledge yourself to the principles. We're going to talk more about that maybe a little bit tomorrow. The second step, once you've pledged yourself, because most of you think, at least, that you're committed to the principles of liberty. And, and you might need some practice there. You might need some more information there. You might need some help there. And, in fact, um, my goal is to, to um, invite you uh, to embark upon a whole course uh, to, to internalize and grow and, and strengthen yourself in that pledge to live by the principles of liberty. And we'll talk more about that. The second step is to unite your family in that same pledge and have each of the children and loved ones and adults in your family uh, working together, both in that one first degree of self-government, moving up to that second degree of family government and building family government. Now, let's talk about family government for a minute because because it's just been destroyed. It, it's been obliterated from the scene. I mean, in the 1960s, we had leaders warning us that the family was under attack and being destroyed, but, but the institution of family is long gone, obliterated. Now the war is conceptually over family. We've lost the Congress. 
concrete, now we're losing the conceptual. So, so we've got work to do. And, and to start rebuilding conceptually the institution of family, I want to talk about the four cornerstones of the institution of family. And they are uh, church, state, school, and business. Another way you could say it is religion, justice, education, and economics. <coughs> you see, what happens is that same creator that Jefferson taught us, who endowed us with rights, also, therefore, implicitly empowered us in these four areas of life that are essential for a free society. These are the four cardinal areas of a free society and free institutions of a free society. And, 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 and let me tell you, just show you how badly we've goofed it up. We all, you know, believe we are free to worship or not worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience. First Amendment, right? Religious and irreligious alike will rally around defending the First Amendment. But, uh, and, 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 and I ask your indulgence a little bit. I'm not going to talk to my, my atheistic friends uh, uh, today. I'll talk to you later. Your friends, you're part of the Liberty Movement. We want you to be part of the Free Cows Project. We want to unite with you. We hope you'll come work with us rationally, based on principle. We want a warrior with you. Grab your sword, grab your shield, let's fight, okay? I'm going to talk to the large majority of my audience who, who are believers, okay, who, who have a relationship with God. Okay, maybe needs to be stronger. Maybe need to personally, in that area of self-government, repledge and recommit yourself to it. But, but, but we all love, to some degree, this idea of freedom of religion, and we defend it. But, but sadly, again, as we've been socialized and collectivized, we've we've developed this notion, for example, that the institution of religion is church, which exists outside the home, and churches, by the way, are indispensable part of our society. But the churches are built upon the families that make up those churches. And if those families are weak, the church is weak. You ask any pastor, any leader of any religious congregation, the church is no stronger than its members. And its members are composed of people who are organized into families. And if those families are troubled and weak and struggling and, 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 and full of unrepentant sin and debauchery, the church can't last, can't make it. And that's what's happening all across America. Matter of fact, you got these mega churches now because you can't have neighborhood churches uh, in so many areas because the neighborhoods are devoid of families. They're devoid of, of enough institution that they can't support the church. And, and we've, we've, we've delegated that individual freedom that we were endowed by our creator with. And the protection of that freedom is enshrined in our constitution. And let me just give you a practical example. Do you teach yourself and your children your religion? Now, I'll speak to my, my peer group. Do you, do you teach your children the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or, or do you just mention it once in a while, try to live it the best you can, and hope they pick up the rest of it through Sunday school? Have you delegated the teaching of religion in your family to that larger institution? That's the first sign of sickness. By the way, that's no disrespect to the leaders and teachers in those institutions of religion. And if you're not a Christian, it doesn't matter. I don't care what your, your religious affiliation is. My question is still the same. Have you delegated the teaching of your faith to people outside your home? You go find that in the scripture. You see, the God that Jefferson told us, endowed us with rights, also endowed us implicitly 
with the individual freedom to define our associations and our families, which includes the teaching and instruction and, and definition of our faith. And there's no one who's going to be more responsible and more committed to the well-being of your family, of yourself and your loved ones in that area than you. Yet so many of you have been trained, taught, and educated to just get on with your life, do the bare minimum, and send your children to someone else. The Sunday school, the pastor, the preacher, the priest, and the, the catechism, the, the, the class, whatever. They're going to teach them for you. And before you know it, your children grow up and they've got funny ideas that you don't understand, different ideas that you don't understand, and you realize you haven't done anything deliberately to really teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. You probably haven't spent as much time teaching them the principles of your religion as you have reviewing with them their times tables. But it doesn't have to be that way, my friends. You can organize your family, and there can be within your family, within the walls of your own home, an institution of church or religion where the parents and the children understand the roles of each other, and the parents take the primary role in spiritual training and guidance of their children. And when you go to your church together, when you go to your synagogue together, when you go to your building of worship together, you go as a family, as a family unit, who are strong as an institution, you can contribute something to your faith community. You can also learn something from your faith community. You see, your children, it's good for them to learn from other people because they can compare what others are teaching them to what you've taught them. And when there are holes in what you've taught them or where you, you heaven forbid, have made mistakes, they, they have checks from other like-minded people that you've chosen to associate with to help supplement what you're doing. And that's when you become a strong member of your local church, or your local community of faith. Now, that's the same when we get to schools. Let's talk about schools. I'm not, we, there's a big debate about public schools and government schools. Most of you, most of us aren't even qualified, quite frankly, to enter into the debate. We know there's something wrong, and we've got these false ideas that there's a right answer in sending them either to the government school or to the home school or to the private school. And quite frankly, the problem is there's no school in your home. <coughs> now, the problem is you don't even know what I mean because you think school is what... You know, the Prussian system, which was imported in the United States, you know, in the late 1800s, mid to, mid to late 1800s, which has become, you know, operationalized through public schools now and, and nationalized over the last 50 years. You think homeschool means do what they do at that building that your kids go to at your house and you say, oh, I can't do that. I'm not smart enough. I'm not trained enough. I don't have the resources. I don't have the time. Before you try and do it, and you, and you say, well, well, that's my math curriculum. Is you've never sat down and said that there really is a Jesus to manage the random. Well, we can get into this, and we will. We'll dedicate a show to each of these topics, but, but, but here's how you know you've got the poison. You're largely expecting others to educate your children, and you just want to refine them and polish them around the edges. Right? You don't have a government, an institution in your home where you govern the education of your children in your home. You want the school board to do it for you. You want the private school administrator to do it for you. Some of you are even homeschooling, but you're using curriculum that's designed without any input from you. You don't even understand the, the rationale for it. You're buying it from somebody else, and you think you're doing the right thing and wonder why you're having all these problems. Because your home institution of education is void. But you can change it. You can change it quickly. This this program, uh, we, we've developed a program, Jewel and I, uh, that I, I can't wait to tell you about here on the radio. I just I got a, a Facebook message from someone who's so excited that the Free Cabos Project is back up and going. Free Cabos Radio is back up and going. And they said, oh, we, we know you're associated with such and such private school in the past, religious school, and our children need help. I'm thinking seriously about setting up this private school in my community. Do you think I should do it? 
quite frankly, it's like asking me if I think you should run for mayor before you've taken the personal pledge and started the journey on yourself towards self-government and before you've organized your family and built the basic fundamentals of the institution in your home. The answer is no. Maybe someday, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe next month, not today. You've got to plant the seeds of liberty in your home, my friends, right now. And you can do it, and it doesn't take long. Within a few short months, your life can... can, can <laughs> it's amazing what happens. And, and I don't care. I know not all of us are, are teachers uh, by, by profession. And I know some of us are intimidated by the notion of having to homeschool our children all day, every day. And I said to a friend of mine the other day, what makes you think that's what homeschool looks like? Homeschool doesn't have to look like anything. You get to decide. You are the master of your own home. You get to decide what education looks like. You get to decide. If you want to supplement the education that you oversee by sending your children to an institution, uh, whether it's a government institution, a church institution, or other private institution, that's fine. But you can't shirk the responsibility at the outset. Because if you shirk the responsibility at the outset and you're not in charge of the education at home and you don't have any feedback at home, you don't have any curriculum guidance at home, you don't have any majors and rewards, at home. You don't have any involvement at home except for these tangential, hey, did you get your homework done? You're missing the boat and you're eroding liberty. While you're out supposedly fighting for liberty, you're eroding it at home. Even those of you who are involved in private school or, or home education, if you don't understand that, that this is part of your family, and you can't, there's, you know, somebody says to me, well, you can do it without it, can't you? And I'm like, yes, you could take one of the wheels off your four-wheeled automobile and you could still try to drive down the street. But what would happen to the car? What does it do for your ability to trans, tra transport yourself down the road? And ultimately, is that very smart? No, that's not what it was designed to be. And a family is not designed to build uh, as an institution without all four pieces of this puzzle. And you cannot neglect education any more than you can take the wheel off your automobile and still think you have a great time driving down the road. Same thing for business. Most of you delegate the financial affairs and economics of your home to some other business. Increasingly, a huge percentage of our population to the government, whether it's through a government job or through the government benefits. And you're just praying and hoping that somebody outside your home gives you a job. You have done nothing teaching your children economics, or little. You know, you, you, you hope it, like like really Religion, you hope it just rubs off on, it, on them somehow. And, and ultimately, you don't know anything about your family economic plan because there isn't one. But it doesn't have to be that way. Same thing with government. Do you have government in your home? Do you have a justice system in your home? Or is it just don't make mom and dad mad? Have you taught your children how rules are made, what the legislative process is, how punishment is administered, why you delegate the use of force to the dispassionate others who aren't part of the controversy so that you can see justice administered? Do you teach them that in the walls of your own home? These are, are the principles of a free republic. But you have to have a free republic in your home if you're going to learn and teach these basic ideas and then become strong enough to unite with other people who are learning and teaching the same things so that you can become a real political force and not a group of mercenaries who are paid for by some political group whose ideas you agree with today but who tomorrow they might disappoint you or who if the leader leaves tomorrow or betrays you tomorrow or dies tomorrow the movement goes to wherever in a handbasket the solution my friends is right between your two ears the pledge you make personally and then it's within the between the walls of your home where you build these institutions of freedom. I know to some of you this is still a foreign concept. And I know to most of you, you just possibly can't understand uh, how, how essential it is that you have this in place before you even 
entertain the idea that we can save our republic. Because what is our republic if it's not our families and our homes? What good is it to have a republic if we don't have happiness and peace and prosperity in our homes? And if you think you can have those things without the institutions of family, you're part of the masses who think that you can have something for nothing. And that is a poisonous idea. So we've got a lot to do. But one of the reasons I'm back on the radio is for the first time, uh, and it took me over four years to refine it from where I was, I see clearly how we can win and how in a few short years we can build the most powerful organization of people who literally love freedom, who are willing to have skin in the game, who, who, who in more than word can pledge their honor because they do it every day. And they lay their lives on the line every day. And, and there may be an uglier day ahead in this fight for liberty. And if you want to be strong enough to withstand it, uh, if you're within the sound of my voice, I invite you to consider you might not uh, have your bases covered at home, but you can. You can. And the reason I'm back on the radio is uh, I want to invite as many people as, as who are willing to, to learn how to internalize these principles and to build together and unite with us. Because when we do that, there is no organization that will be more powerful to stop us. There is nothing stronger than a group of liberty-minded people who know how to live the principles of liberty, who have built relationships with each other based on living the principles of liberty, who have, who have in large measure raised their children at least for a couple years in the cause of liberty, and, 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 and there will be no one. There, there is nothing. I know I've been in the political world. There's nothing that can stop this if we do it. The only thing that will keep us from winning is if we don't do it. But if we do do it, it will literally be a revolution. We won't need a bumper sticker. We won't need a graphic artist to decide you know, how our revolution stickers will look cool to become popular. It won't be some viral multi-super media campaign. It'll be real. It'll be as real as the people who stood in the snow without shoes by the side of Washington because they were fighting for something concrete. And, my friends, we have to be committed to fighting for something concrete, not abstract. We've got to stop playing the fantasy role-playing games. We've got to stop – and I'm not saying we can't have entertainment, but we've got to stop misunderstanding what the battle is because we're just pushing the, 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 the socialist Marxist uh, tyrannical ruler's law forward while we complain with each other and align ourselves because we have similar complaints. It doesn't have to be that way. We can make a difference. We can bring liberty into our homes. We can bring the spirit of liberty into our homes. We can build the institution of family in our homes. And, and like a seed, it sprouts quickly. We can work together. We can protect each other. And we can unite with each other. And then we are a force to be reckoned with. And, and the politicians and, and the political powers uh, will in consequence of our efforts respond. Well, there's more to that, lots more to talk about, uh, well, lots more to talk about. P part of me regrets diving into that without having five or ten hours to really go through it. Um, when you've spent four years uh, getting uh, clear on something, uh, you want to you know, push it out as fast as you can. I've worn myself out. I don't know if I've worn you out, but uh, I love uh, being back in the saddle. Glad you're tuned in to Free Capitalist Radio. I'm glad you're here. Will you tell your friends that the Free Capitalist is on the air? Will you tell your friends that, that we are looking for them because they've got something to contribute, um, they've got something to offer, and we've got something to offer them? Let's do it together. We can do it. I'll meet you back here same time, same place tomorrow. 